Anything's possible, though, because, you know, Bitcoin is money, so, you know, money talk, man. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, powered by Cointelegraph. What began as a small experiment is now a rapidly expanding ecosystem. As citizens of the internet, we expect to be able to send money over the internet as quickly and cheaply as sending an email. As citizens of the internet, we demand transparency. Here, we talk about Bitcoin, Ethereum, blockchain industries, fintech, and more. But we're not experts. We're just three guys in the Bitcoin community. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode number 125. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. As always, host number three, Petty. Silence. Petty. You usually say Corey. I usually do. I've changed it up occasionally just to keep you on your toes. That's right. Okay. I'm cool. Have you ever have you ever told anyone that you're a doctor while you weren't wearing a shirt? You should give it a shot. I don't know, maybe. Probably a lot. <laughs> Probably did a lot in Brazil. I never wore a shirt in Brazil. We're so audience, just so you know, we're recording on Skype. We're recording most of our calls. And I call Corey. And like if I didn't know have known him for a decade, then it'd be awkward, but it's just like him without a shirt on, chilling in his attic with a head with his headphones, and I'm like, <laughs> Hey, what's up, man? Dude, life without if a we shirt. Were, if we were recording fantastic. an interview and and he answered without a shirt on him, would we address it? No, I think that you just gotta pretend should, like nothing's going on. I think we should try like recording video one time, <laughs> and you do that, Corey, and we have the a next interview. Cast. I'm just chilling in this like, my chair, shirtless. Let's all do that. Let's With all my, three like, be shirtless. Super, we the super next white body. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'm all right with it. Let's make it happen. All right. Cool. Uh, the the guests would be like, um, excuse me. Anyways, we got to pay some bills, right? We do. Um, and there is something I want to talk about when we when we come back from these surprads. Uh, but let's start. Let me do the ad relay. Did you just Which make one up do a I word? Pick? Well, surprads are the surprise ads. Did you do that on the spot, or have you been waiting to throw that in there? I've been saying that. I don't think you've yeah. said that once. I've never said no. Suprad. Huh. In my mind, I thought I'd say it every episode. <laughs> I guess I haven't. Okay. And I'm, and I'm the one that doesn't drink. Okay. Um, <laughs> this episode we're brought to you by... Uh, let's go with Athena Bitcoin, because they are one of my favorite ATMs ever. Uh, they are the most trusted name in all of Bitcoin ATMs. They're opening up new locations all the time. Uh, the big, the big guns is Houston, Fort Worth, Dallas, but there's a bunch of other cities. Uh, so if you want to figure out exactly where they're located and you want to use one of those ATMs, download the Athena Bitcoin wallet on the App Store or Google Play. And uh, for more information, visit AthenaBitcoin.com. And we're also brought to you by Athena Bitcoin's portfolio company. Bitquick.co, which is the secure, quick, and easy peer-to-peer Bitcoin marketplace. 
where you, our listeners, can get Bitcoin for cash in as little as just three hours. They have been serving Bitcoiners since 2013. So where there's a bank, there's probably Bitquick. There is. Nice. There's Bitquick. Um, At least on the East Coast. The I, Sorry about your West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about the West Coast. And in Texas. Uh, good if you're in Texas. I wanted too. to mention D. Corey. We're finally independent again after yeah. 50 episodes. 50? Was it 50 on the run? Um, 49. We started at oh, seventy six. No, I almost feel like we should just stay with this, stay with them for this one episode to keep it for that round fifty. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, but we're not. Who knows? It was a good run. Well, it was a good partnership. You know, old Coin Telegraph. We're, we're no longer partnering with Coin Telegraph. We are independent. Yeah. yeah so at the, be- the, at the beginning, that back voice into, that like, you heard the, that the said, "Talk about oh, nonsense." Welcome. We get to talk about whatever again now? Is that what it is? I don't know. Maybe. First thing I want to talk about is who, what's you guys' best Street Fighter combo? You just go back to Street Fighter references every day? We were doing that for a good, like, 20 episodes in a row. <laughs> go straight back to, I'll tell you the Street Fighter combo, that's how you know you're dealing with somebody who ain't fucking around. And this is the use Guile, and it's the actual okay. light punch sonic boom. So you throw the light punch sonic boom as you're moving defense gate, and then you walk behind the sonic boom. So the person seeing the sonic boom coming is like, oh shit, Like I gotta block that shit. But he's right behind it, so if I block it, he could trip me. So if I block high, he's gonna trip kick me. If I block low, he could jump real quick. It's just, what do I do? So if somebody throws that light punch sonic boom and then follows it across the screen, you're not messing with the chump. They know what they're doing. What about the the Ken jump kick that catches you on the back of the shoulder? Oh yeah, the one that takes advantage of the the pixels. Yeah. <laughs> so you like it, they barely jump over that your head. That was the kind of that was the kind of gamer Cello was. He's like, the, what's that one move that that just takes advantage of this weird tweak in the game that you shouldn't be able to do, but you just do that over and over again? That's the one I did. Well, you mean you can't jump kick people on the back of the shoulder? That's not a thing. <laughs> I'd love to see that happen in an MMA fight. I feel like that's something that uh, that one guy could have done in his prime. Like, because that helps you guys. The bald black guy from Brazil. Oh, Silva. Yeah. Anderson Silva. Yeah. Anyways, um, we haven't talked about Bitcoin at all. Like, not even a little bit. What about Litecoin? Back nah, in the- tricked you guys in the audience. We're still not going to talk about Bitcoin. So, (laughs) Litecoin is about to be activated. And when I say activated, I'm not talking about, like, S-curl. I'm talking about SegWit, the thing that Bitcoin has been failing to activate for quite some time. What do you feel about that, Cello? How do you feel about it? About what? We used to mine Litecoin. Well, you know, the usage of the... of the block capacity is over 50%, but Bitcoin, they reached that milestone ages ago. So, I mean, yeah. shouldn't they have already prepared for a hard fork to, to raise the limit? So like we, we, yeah. we mined Litecoin because that's what our mining rigs could mine. And it was the most stable currency, which we then wholesale sold over to Bitcoin. I say some of my Litecoin. I still yeah. got some left over. Yeah. I sold but, you all mine. Yeah. 
Whoops. <laughs> I bought Whoops. all used Jello, and then I sold most of it. And I still have like, I don't know. I'm not gonna say how many, but I still have a little bit. And then there's that rest, Corey, that's locked mm-hmm. into my desktop forever because I deleted my app dev folder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just gone. Like I have Litecoin stuck in the Litecoin blockchain. And it can't come out. Oh, is that when your computer you had that folder that was like my app computer data. and you deleted it? Yeah. App <laughs> data. You deleted the folder called <laughs> this the hidden folder called app data that holds all the data for all your apps. <laughs> Yeah. So I had to I had to seek <laughs> out that fuck up. Like I was like, man, I'm trying to download Open Bazaar so I can get it running. There's no room on my hard drive. Uh, I'm gonna look for some stuff. Unhide everything. Oh, app data. That's a pretty big folder. I don't need that shit. Delete computer. Mm-hmm. The next day is like, yeah, you deleted me. Hey, so I told Dee, I was like, why is that even an option? Like, it wasn't there a prompt that was like, are you sure? It wasn't it was even hidden. that. It was a hidden folder. I mean, it, that's that's why that's it tried to do that. So for the audience, don't delete your app data. You'll probably end up well. Nowadays, there's not a lot of people that are running full nodes that push the actual blockchain and wallet files to app data. Like if you're running on Windows, most people, I'd say, the vast, like super majority of the people who interface with cryptocurrency. Are using a light wallet, like a wallet, a hot wallet, if you will. They'll be using like Jax or Coinbase or whatever. But they're not like back in the day, you had to download the official implementation, sync with the blockchain, and then start using the app, using like using the official client, which had a wallet in it. And then that then sync that your wallet file was on your computer. And if you screw with your computer, lost all your coins so like good portion of all of the bitcoins circulation are probably sitting in dumpsters on old laptops somewhere because the hardware got old and they threw the computer away before they realized that bitcoin got big that's unfortunate for them uh, yeah but uh yeah like when it's 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 rising because bitcoin's having such an issue with activating segwit Litecoin essentially is a clone, almost an exact clone, almost of mm-hmm. of Bitcoin. Uh, I got like, a, I got a question for you. You want to do some thinking? Sure. Chell, you went on this. Let's go down a thinking path. Okay. What if instead every single cryptocurrency thought that it was their job to capture all of the wealth of the world and all of the transactional everything of the world? Whether it be money, whether it be land transactions, whether it be derivatives transactions, whatever thing, what anything you can think of that goes from point A to point B, and it's transacted, and then what if each cryptocurrency captured its own significant niche, and then that way, the wealth was captured that way, and then the bridges were built between them, like. Instead of, you know what I mean, instead of one coin to rule them all, what if, like, Bitcoin was for settlements? So Bitcoin was for really, really big shit. Litecoin's for small stuff. Ethereum is for shit, I don't know, crazy computer programs that run in a parallel manner across the internet and use up everybody's 
data, but not that much because there's stuff like storage on there. And I don't know, Ethereum does crazy shit. But what if that were much more a much better environment than the one that's currently here where it's like Bitcoin is a shit, everything else is an altcoin, and we hate it. I wouldn't say it's that way anymore. I don't think that's the current sentiment. And yeah, you have people that Bitcoin maximalists, but the amount of Bitcoin maximalists are drastically, drastically different than when we started this podcast. Mm -hmm. When we started this podcast, it was only Bitcoin. And all coins were just like, everything was a shit coin. Like we were pretty much like Tone Bays. We were like, it's a scam. It's a scam. It's a scam. Like we only mm -hmm. mined Litecoin so we could so we could have Bitcoin. Nowadays, that mm -hmm. sentiment is not the same. It's people like people are getting into, for instance, Ethereum. People are getting into Ethereum without ever really getting liking Bitcoin. People are getting into other cryptocurrencies without ever like caring about. Like, I feel like what you just painted, the picture you just painted, where like a cryptocurrency is doing something niche, it's fulfilling some function that other cryptocurrencies aren't doing as well is in the process of happening now and people are accepting it. I think it's the only way. I think it's the best way. I think it's governed dynamics. That's what I think. That's what I think. What do you think, Cello? I mean, like, I know you... I'm not going to speak for you. What do you... What do you think about this whole where the scene's going? Uh, I'm tied up. Well, have you ever thought that the like, the level of security needed for a, an open and anonymous network is not the same needed for one where all the participants are known and have the same like some level of trust between each other? Mm, no. I have I have thought about that. I mean, yeah, but to me, that just seems like a glorified shared server that seems like if one company knows another company really well then they share each other's link on microsoft one drive and they're cool with it no there's a yeah, lot of so things if I'm, if I'm going by what you're saying if the transactions aren't anonymous you might want to use like a simpler consensus mechanism there are things you get well, from using a blockchain in a private manner that you can't get, you get immutability right Right. Well, it, it's not a it's it's not immutable. Um, it's tamper evident. The moment something changes, you're immediately aware of what's happening. The consensus layer built on top of a blockchain, which is proof of work for Bitcoin, is what mm -hmm. makes things quote unquote immutable. You can have millions of blockchains. It's it's a matter of how does the network come to agreement on a single blockchain. A blockchain is immutable. A single blockchain is immutable. But how does an entire network come to an agreement on one blockchain? That's where the magic happens. That's where you but come But the thing to that's like not eventual... magical, as you said, is like, you know, when somebody's tampered with it. Well, if we all hop on a Google Doc right now and you start typing, we'll see it. Yeah, but we're also trusting some some centralized server to take care of that. Yeah, and that they so... can then change the, the history. They can change the state. They can change whatever they want. They can give you access. They can take away your access. They can do whatever they want. And we're just using that service and that company, giving them all of our information. Mm -hmm. And that is the and it's, it's convenient. It's really convenient. But we're making sure that someone else is doing all the heavy lifting for us. What's beautiful about the technology that we made a podcast about is that we don't have to rely 
on other people running a service to do that for us. We, we rely on a protocol. It's mm-hmm. like the network does it all for you. There's no one person that can stop you from doing it. There's no one person that can change the things that you've done. There's no one person that it's doing all the things that we like mm. doing, but not relying on somebody to say, yeah, you did that. And I, and, I, and it's okay that you did that. So if you're so a server farm owners are going to go, their farm is going to get sold because what's the point of having a server farm? If people don't need, if the people can build their own local servers, and as long as they're running on the same blockchain network, then yeah, what the hell? I mean, it's well, very similar to what already. Orga- if there's an organization, they need to agree on who's going to own the data, who's going to be the central authority to change the data, and then who's going to own the application layer that runs the business logic that validates the transactions run recorded. And getting all those three points to be agreed upon, good luck with that. Yeah, and and what you just said, to you know, like it's, it's not like now that we've made this, everything's gonna be, it's gonna just we're just gonna completely replace the infrastructure that's currently built based on the client server model. That's not what's gonna happen. It's just we've built the foundational layer to be completely decentralized, so that you have the option of choosing to do something different than the client server model. Whereas before, you only had the option yeah. to say, I need a client server model. I have to trust those people to store my personal information. Now you can say, I don't want to do that based on the application that I'm trying to build. I can do something else. But you can also oh. do a centralized service on top of a decentralized platform. You can build whatever you want, but you have an option to build whatever you want. Whereas, previously, you don't have that option. That's the beauty of this. That's generalizing what you could previously do. Okay. Well, right. let me, D, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you think that private blockchains are as revolutionary and world-changing as Bitcoin? Not at all. Not even a little bit. Hmm. But Ethereum doesn't equal private blockchain. I'd like to get that out there. Like Ethereum doesn't equal private blockchain, but Ethereum allows for a private blockchain or pri- private. What is it? What do they call it in Ethereum land? Yeah, it's well, enterprise Ethereum, which is they can, you can you can spin up a private blockchain. You can do the same thing with Bitcoin. It's just much much easier with Ethereum, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Does does a maximalist think that we only need one blockchain, or they're okay with with many? No. Maximalists tend to think Bitcoin. that the Bitcoin blockchain Bitcoin is a single things. blockchain. It's they the blockchain. It's the largest blockchain. It's the most secure well, there, blockchain. There's side chains and stuff, right? It's and all synced in. Sure, I guess I guess that's a that's a thing that ma- that maximalists or some there's there's a varying degree of opinions on this, but some would say yeah, a side chain hooked in via some peg that's essentially using the Bitcoin blockchain as its security mechanism is better than any altcoin that could be in existence as long as the foundational layer is bitcoin some would say it all needs to be bitcoin like bitcoin unlimited people think that everything should be bitcoin and i'm that's a that's a broad generalization i'm sure there are some that say don't say feel that as well but like it it's people feel whatever they want it doesn't really matter what people feel it matters what 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 works like in my opinion who gives a shit 
what your ideology is. It's a matter of what are the problems in the real world and what solutions mm -hmm. actually solve them in a manner that's, you know, trustless, decentralized, secure, safe, fast, and cheap. Like, if, if you can do all of those things, I don't care what you're using as long as you solve the problem. Like, I don't have this affiliation with a certain team that I need to back regardless of whatever that team is doing. I just want to That's because you don't like football. Not I, don't, I don't like any type of team sport watching it. Like, fanaticism is stupid. Don't call me stupid because I like my Kansas City Chiefs core. They're the I'm best sure. football team in the world. Sure. And I'd fight for them. I'm sure. It's a waste of time. This just adds to the confusion, man. Say what? What'd you say, Corey? I just, I, all this stuff just adds to the confusion, man. Well, yeah, if, if I was gonna te if if I was gonna teach someone English and I I taught them the alphabet, and then I'm like, oh yeah, well then there's words like knife that don't sound at all like it's spelled, you know. So if I if we're talking about mass adoption, I'm trying to teach someone about blockchain, and then I'm like, well, there's also side chains. Oh, and then the thing is, they shouldn't even be called private blockchains because they're so fundamentally different, and then they have to learn about public blockchains and. Then, all this well, stuff it just adds to the confusion man that's why i start with bitcoin on my show i go hey before we go into those other things we need to talk about bitcoin and we need to talk about it on a very basic level so we've talked about this to before too like in the end of the day we're not there yet the end user doesn't yeah. give a shit they don't need to know how tcp ip works in order to use the internet they don't need to know that four layers of the internet, like to understand, like that they can use Facebook and and it, it improves their lives yeah. or whatever they're trying to do. Like it, we're at a point now where we're in this space where you have to know these things, kind of, in order to use the technology. I'm deeply interested in it because I feel it's the next wave of, like the exponential technology that I want to latch onto, because I think it's going to blow up, and become how everyone interacts and communicates and exchanges value but when they're doing that in the future they're not going to know how it works they're just going to be doing it i'm going to know how it works because i've been following all this shit this whole time but like no we're not at the point now like people aren't going to give a shit they're just going to be able to communicate and transact value and do things in a way that they couldn't do things, do they, things before yeah do things they've never done before, and they're just going to say, like, oh, things are getting cooler now. Just like when we went to the gas station and you didn't have to walk in to pay pay the freaking teller anymore. It was just, like, on the gas, uh, on the um, pay at the pump. And you're like, oh, things are getting cooler Way better. Now. Let's talk to that weird, that weird dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, so your, your logic is that, like, every successful use case and feature is going to ultimately find its way into Bitcoin. So let, let's let altcoins pioneer new features because Bitcoin is just going to adapt and assimilate effectively. Is that... I don't so feel that way, though. No. see what you're saying? No. I don't think, I don't think I Bitcoin's going to feel adapt. that way. I felt that way in the beginning. I don't feel that way anymore. So. I It's hard for me to to really project even a year from now based on how I feel the lamp say it's going to be. Uh, and and the relevancy of Bitcoin in that landscape, there yeah. the the bull rush and momentum behind Ethereum, and the things that are being built on top of it that 
we were excited about when we got into the space are happening now, not in Bitcoin, but in Ethereum. I don't know what's going to happen in the in the year from now if they're able to scale to the size that allows those use cases to be really, really, really useful to a lot of people. Like these things are going to be cool, a little cumbersome to a small group of people for a little while. And then as we continue to use these applications and we're like, oh, this is really neat. I still can't tell my mom about it because she has to go through five steps to get to where I am. But over time, those things get better and better and better, and they become easier and easier and easier to use. And eventually, yeah. some platform is going to make it so easy to use that then my mom's going to like, oh, I, I downloaded that app, and now I'm doing that thing, and I can send you money and whatever the hell use case we're talking about. I can do that now. I'm like, oh, yeah. well, awesome. About yeah. time. I almost had an existential threat in my life this week, actually, when it comes to Bitcoin and the way it's actually evolving, is my pops calls me because I got him buying Bitcoin now regularly. And he buys just like a little bit. Like every other week, he buys a little bit. Automated, comes out of his bank account. He's fine with it. But he calls me, he's like, hey, D. And I'm like, hey, Dad, how's it going? He's like, Hey, so this uh Bitcoin, they're they're taking it out of my bank account. I'm cool with that. But there's like three transactions coming out each time. And I'm like, what? Word? He's like, yeah. So he shows me one. And I'm like, well, one, that's more than what you want to pay. But okay, there's a little service fee now, Bitcoin. That's cool. And the second one was just this little like $2 charge. And the third one was it's like $1.50 charge. And I was like, what the hell, man? It's like almost $10 worth of just bullshit charges on top of the amount of Bitcoin that you ask for, right? And so I'm in the middle of doing a deep investigation, also known as going to probably write Coinbase an email and figure out what the hell that's about. But so the existential threat, the existential threat moment was this, was holy shit. What a Bitcoin, the technology that was invented to disintermediate the middlemen is actually just making middlemen way fucking good at being middlemen. Like it's just making their tools more powerful. Like is is Coinbase going to become that? Yeah, there'll definitely be the convenience of using Bitcoin and there'll be a fee associated with it. And they've offloaded the transactional fee because it's gotten to a point where it's costing them way too much money. They can't be nearly as profitable as a business because they're pay- they used to pay everyone's transaction fees. Transaction fees are now too high based on the current state of Bitcoin for them, for them to coop that cost, which is a legitimate business move. If you were a business on top yeah. of Bitcoin, you'd do the exact same thing. You can't blame them for that. I'm not going to blame them. I'm but just saying they've offered I, up I a significant amount of convenience for people to get into the network. Yeah. And that's what they have to do. And if you want to, if you Someone want like convenience, my dad. then... It was taking him four years to get to the point where he's like, yeah, this is cool. I'm going to start buying some and I'm going to learn more about and then get hit with, why the fuck are these people charging me three times each time? It was a bit alarming. I hope we get this Bitcoin uh, upgrade soon. Like, that can't happen. That's weird. When I saw three transactions, which equated to almost 10 extra dollars worth of USD to get a certain amount of Bitcoin, that's unacceptable, ma'am. And well, then then don't like, use it for that anymore. 
Well, that, that's that's not what Bitcoin's used for. If you want, like, it depends on the percentages of these of these fees. If these if these percentages of the fees are relatively low, then it's it's worthwhile if you're using something for like Bitcoin right now. In my opinion, it's used for speculation, or something like maybe what Ubiquity is oh. doing, where they're 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 timestamping title registrations into the blockchain, and so those are really really expensive processes. So couple of dollar fees isn't that big of a deal in comparison to that type of process traditionally if you want to do daily transactions bitcoin's not the one anymore you don't use it use litecoin use ethereum use something else that's cheap mm. economy at play it's kind of beautiful but it kind of sucks at the same time for bitcoin because it can't get its shit together yeah, it might change might not that's what i mean like we don't know what's going to yep. happen and you have to act accordingly Based on what's currently happening right now, Bitcoin is not good for small transactions. Yeah, we didn't make it to the second thing we had on the docket today. By yeah, the way, we gotta we gotta go though. Hit them with a hit them with a sponsor. Yeah, yeah let's talk about uh, the Equibit Development Corporation, better known as the EDC. They're building several apps that are decentralizing the securities industry, which is like the banking industry, uh, where they clear and settle transactions. Uh, and other labor-intensive work. These expensive tasks can now be replaced with peer-to-peer technologies that bring the cost of performing this work down dramatically. So stuff like issuing companies, dealers, investors, they're all going to benefit significantly from the sponsor because they cut away this part of the overhead. So for their main initiative, if you want to learn more about the EDC, go to Equibit, that's E-Q-U-I-B-I-T dot org, Sign up for that newsletter, and they're about to roll out that second ICO. Uh, new terms uh, will be out soon, uh, along with details and all that other good stuff. And we're also brought to you each and every episode by escrowmybits.com. It's fast, it's super easy, and it only takes three steps. All you got to do is register and deposit your Bitcoin, seller ships the item, buyer checks the goods and releases the funds, and they also offer Bitcoin escrow with a locked exchange rate. They charge a small flat escrow fee of 1% on all transactions, and they even offer you the ability to split the fee with the other party. So they've thought of everything. So here at the podcast, we know Escrow My Bits was created to solve all the problems wrong with the type of escrow services currently around. We think that they nailed it. We want there to no longer be any excuses on why not to use escrow. So start that process. Go to their website. Make sure you sign up for that newsletter and stay up to date where you can escrow your shit. With escrow my bits. Uh, oh yeah, by the way, since you made it to the end of the episode, no interview, bitches. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> They're probably waiting yeah. for an interview the whole time. We uh We never said it. Yeah, we never said it. That was our I'm first sorry, non that was our first right non interview since like episode thirty. Yeah. <laughs> we should we should really commit hard to another drunk episode. I'm like, trying, man. I've been drinking this, this whole time. You guys aren't doing it, so. <laughs> Did it the I, other I day, commit you're every like, episode. I'm gonna work my drinking, and now you're like, I'm <laughs> drinking every day. Yeah, can't help it. That I'm not that, all. I don't know how you do it, Cello. Like drinking is just it. Just it takes the edge. It makes you smooth while it's happening, and then I don't, like too much. I don't deal with as much stress as you deal with on a daily basis. Your job is very demanding got, on the site. You've got kids, dude. What do you mean you don't deal with stress on a daily basis? Yeah, man. 
you throw a couple shut ups at them and it's pretty easy. It's not, <laughs> not too bad. Oh, a couple shut ups. <laughs> Dude, today, it's not just like a taste of what you got. I'm watching Stella. My brother's like, oh, sorry, adult stuff. Here's my baby. Watch it. And I'm like, damn, man, like for real? And she takes, like, she's got these play pots. It's part of her toys. And she does the little baby shuffle, and you hear her walking, but you're just like, okay, I know where the baby's going, so I'm pretty sure she's okay. And she comes back with these two metal pots and just starts slamming them in my ear for, like, 30 seconds. And you can't just be like, baby, stop. You just got to, like, let her get the joy out. So it's like 30 seconds straight of this baby slamming metal pots in my ear. And I'm just like, God, this is what people do voluntarily. I feel like you can't stop that. yeah, you, I mean, you probably could stop it, but <laughs> I bought Ophelia a drum set, yeah. and she has yet to use the stick on the drum. She just uses it on the cabinets, uses it on windows. So it's just <laughs> you've got drumstick colored house now. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, let's see here. Let's wrap this up quick. Uh, shout out to Zoe Saldana. I know you're finished wrapping Guardians of the Galaxy two a while ago. I'm really excited to see your body of work grow like that. Um, you're such a phenomenal human being and I probably love you. Uh, shout out to Viola Davis. Uh, we have a Twitter at the BTC podcast. Um, go to it, talk to us, tweet us and we'll tweet you back. Um, if you want to say stuff about us, you can hashtag, uh, just three guys and we'll be like, Oh crap. Somebody used our hashtag. That's cool. Um, that's a pretty realistic response actually. It's probably, <laughs> so, about, probably about right. Um, what else, man? We do all kinds of stuff, but the main thing we like for you guys to do, if you really want to get like involved in the conversation off site of these episodes, you can go to the Bitcoin You can look through all the shit on our website. It's a lot, but it's a sign lot. up for our, yeah, it's, we got a lot of stuff on there, but go to our Slack, click the button that says Slack, fill out the, uh, fields where it asks you to fill them out. Go to your email, click on the clicks, get in the Slack, and talk to us. Because we like talking to you guys. It's very fun for us. Very fun for me to read after I get home from work. And I'm just like, Tim, some crazy conversations that went down. Okay. Well, you guys got anything? Yeah, if you want a fun drinking game, go see The Fate of the Furious and take a shot every time Dom says the word family. family. Also, enjoy the old soundtrack. Yeah coming back go well, go uh, be shirtless everyone play the outro <laughs>